We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. A beautiful night in South Bend, as if that matters, but it's it's like finally we got like a real spring-looking day here in South Bend today. He's Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. Doing good there, Cleveland? Yeah, I'm uh I'm doing great actually. It's uh beautiful outside. I'm going to take my dog for a walk and um pick up my new bike. Did you ever did you used to watch the Drew Carey show with me back in the day? Do you remember? Uh, I don't think so. Do they do they play the Cleveland Rock song there? Like at any, you know, like whether it's Cavaliers or Guardians, Guardians. or do they at okay. every Guardian game? All right, That's, I I heard someone on the radio playing that the other, like one of the morning shows was playing it a couple of weeks ago, and it it, it just it just stuck in my head for some reason the Cleveland Rocks, and I think it was by like Presidents of the United States of America was the band that did it but okay random that doesn't really matter <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to get to today we've got uh Notre Dame baseball player Brooks Coatsy coming up with us here in a little bit he'll um uh, be uh we talked about a lot of different stuff so we've had a lot of different people asking about Notre Dame baseball you know especially since football is over and everything so a lot of great stuff with Brooks Coatsy who by the way is on pace to become the single season hit by pitch leader in Notre Dame history. And we do talk about that. We actually recorded the interview yesterday because uh, he couldn't be two places at once. They're actually taking the field as we speak against North Carolina state right now (laughs) under this beautiful weather over at X stadium. So uh, talked about the college world series, the hit by pitch thing, all kind link Jarrett, all kinds of stuff. So we will uh, we'll, we'll be hearing from Notre Dame outfielder Brooks Coetzee in a little bit. Um, Going to pass uh, potentially Brett Lilly, right? Like that's, yeah. that's who's ahead of him? Yep. Brett Lilly still the career leader, but um, Coetzee has a chance to become the single season. Lilly is single season and career. Coetzee has a chance to pass up the single season. He has 26. I think the record is 31, if I'm not mistaken. I looked it up the other day in the media guide so he's uh he's on pace like he said like early in the season he was on pace to get like 50 hit by pitch or something (laughs) like he was hit by pitch four times in one game the final one 
was with the bases loaded with a score tied 9-9, and it gave Notre Dame the game-winning RBI. And we talk about that as well. There's literally, like, not much we didn't talk about. So you want to catch it. We're going to do a rapid fire first. Before we get to that, uh, Notre Dame women's basketball. This is something else people have kind of been asking about. When are they going to sign a forward? Well, they did today. They got a grad transfer, Becky Obinma from Pepperdine. She started her career at TCU, played the last two years at Pepperdine, actually only played one season. Season. She sat out uh, during the COVID season, played just one season, and uh, actually two seasons, I'm sorry. She played one season, I believe, at TCU. But in any case, three seasons total she has played. But she averaged six and a half points, six and a half rebounds in 28 games last season. She has blocked 63 shots the last two seasons. So um, good for Notre Dame. They they add another forward. And now with Obinma and the incoming freshman, plus the other grad transfer they added from Fordham, they now have 12 scholarship players on the roster for next season, including four forwards. So I think they're pretty much set. This should do it right there. DT Rollhunter asking, who wins in horse, Sean or Jesse? That's something we haven't done in a long time, but um, I would give it to Jesse, I would say. <laughs> to say I when's the last not, time you ever shot a basketball? I am not a marksman. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Too. <laughs> I used to be, I was known back in my day for a guy who, you know, was not much of a baller. Like my spot was, I was a corner three guy. I was known, I would just camp out down in the corner and I would calmly, I would probably hit, you know, a good 35, 36%, you know, from down <laughs> in the corner. So, Very specific you know, percentage. Yeah, I'm, I'm just guessing, you know, one out of every three or so. There was one time they had the intramural, this is, you know, back in the army days, they had the intramural, you know, our, our company had the intramural team and they were all in a panic because they only had four guys you know and so someone ran over to the barracks to get me it's like you want me and they literally like your spots the corner just stay in the corner take your threes i'm like all right all right did hit one in my one and only intramural <laughs> nice <laughs> so that's right all right well let's jump into it some uh some football topics to begin us off as always on today's show if Sam Hartman passes for a little over 2,800 yards this season, he'll have the fourth most passing yards in FBS history. And if he passes for a little over 4,100 yards, he'll have the second most yardage ever. He's also 45 touchdown passes shy of the all-time record. So do you buy or sell an asterisk for Sam Hartman if he achieves either of those milestones this season, considering this is going to be his sixth season of eligibility um i don't think that there should be an asterisk at the end of them and i've thought about this before but the the main conclusion i'm coming to comes from the fact that i look at this you know like the nfl cooper cup set a record i can't remember what it was touchdown receiving yards not too long ago uh, but he accomplished it during the playoffs and so to me it's always been you know, team. some guys aren't fortunate enough to make the playoffs. And so you get technically extra games to set, you know, single season records. And so to me, that kind of follows along the same page of, you know, it's it's no one's fault that Sam Hartman got extra games, you know, whatever it might be for an extra year of eligibility, et cetera. So I don't really buy the fact that there should be an asterisk um, next to him. It, it, you know, as long as you are doing it within your playing time and your college career, 
um, I'm completely fine with it because the game is always going to be evolving. Um, and obviously, you know, that back in the day, they didn't pass as much as they used to. So are we supposed to put asterisks next to those numbers just because of how the game well, was played? But again, I that's that's kind of how my thought process went. I get what you're saying, and I disagree. And that's why I asked this question. I didn't know how you would feel about this. I knew how I felt about it. I just feel like, like, I get, you know, again, I get what you're saying. You know, like the thing with with Cooper Cup and anyone in the NFL right now, all these records are going to be broken because they've added an extra game. And there's a chance they're going to add another extra game to the regular season. But everybody gets that. You know, like with Sam Hartman, this is an, an entire extra season that's been added now his freshman year he didn't play a full season but he played some games right and so my point is I think everyone across the board in every sport whether it's like wins for a wrestler or you know like national championships or you know passing yards scoring three pointers made assists whatever if you if you get a fifth season and you're breaking these records Like, there's only so many people who are going to get this fifth season. This is not a blanket, like, forever everyone else is going to get it. You know, like, in the NFL, going forward, they're all going to play at least 17-game schedules. But you're not going to get a full extra season as a result. So that's why I think he needs an asterisk. Because odds are, he sets this record. And I think, like, the passing yardage, he couldn't get to number one. Again, it's going to take quite a bit just to get to number two. But the touchdown passes, there's a realistic chance with, you know, with, with 45 touchdown passes, depending on the seat, you know, that's still obviously a big season, but guys are throwing for, for 40 plus all the time these days. So I just think these, these players, again, regardless of sport that have gotten this fifth year of eligibility and get to play for a full extra season, they're breaking records. There needs to be some kind of asterisk there because it's like, I think, what is it? I think this this year's senior class is going to be the final class that gets, you know, like that fifth year of eligibility, I think, if, I, if I've got my my numbers right. So after that, nobody's going to get it again. So I do think that there should be asterisks next to them if they're if they're out there breaking records, especially if they end up number one on the list, because no one's ever going to be able to break it if you don't have that extra year. Yeah. And I see what you're saying, too. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. By the way, 
Hit the like button if you would. Help out the Irish Breakdown channel. We, of course, do appreciate it. And subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platforms. So college football teams are not generally in the position to retire jersey numbers. My question is, you got a player like Michael Mayer, right? Would you buy or sell making Mayer's 87 jersey number unavailable for at least one year after he's gone, you know, to kind of recognize the fact that this was, you know, a great outgoing player and not just Michael Mayer, but anyone along that, you know, along those lines, along that caliber on a football team. To me with the roster size um, in in college sports, specifically football um, and, you know, already have guys that wear duplicate numbers because of, you know, offense, defense, um, I would say no. And along with the fact of if you're not, if it's not going to last forever, I don't think that it's just really not worth it in the end. I it think doesn't that, matter. <laughs> no, I think that, that the accolades, you know, the All-Americans, the Heismans, that kind of stuff is what kind of establishes your legacy more so than, you know, the 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 retirement of a number for just a couple of seasons. The reason I say that is because 10 years down the road, no one's going to remember 10 years ago that Michael Mayer's number was unavailable for a season or two. But like in the NFL and other professional sports, when it, when a number is retired, it's retired forever. Um, and people know why it's retired forever. I just think, think it, it ultimately wouldn't accomplish much because I think people would forget about it, you know, down the road, essentially. And like I said, I think the accolades kind of speak for themselves in terms of legacy um, within, you know, universities and programs. Yeah, it, it, and you're absolutely right. As soon as they came up with this, you know, just just what you said, because it's college, it's tough. You You could at least try to say, well, on the you know, whatever side of the ball they played on. Again, we're using Michael Mayer as the example because he's the school's, you know, the the record setting, the best tight end in program history without an extra season of eligibility, by the way. We did it in just three years. But, you know, you know so, so my point was like maybe for the offensive side, you're able to do it. Even if a defensive number or player is wearing number 87, it, it, it would be difficult because you, you know, you have – 85 scholarship and you've got the walk-ons and everyone's got to have numbers. And like you said, a lot of times you get duplicates, you know, it'd be, it'd be at least worth it to give it a shot. You know, like if you could, you know, like, look at, look at the Dallas Cowboy. Now this is same, but different, but like um, Deuce Vaughn, who just got drafted by K-State, you know, the whole emotional video with the dad and the scout and all that stuff. He wore 22 in college. He's not going to get to wear 22 in Dallas, because even though I don't think they've technically retired Emmett Smith's jersey, like you, you've got to be, you know, thought of as something pretty special to wear, especially as a running back. Right, yeah, as a running back is, but you know, it's like eighty-eight. You know, the eighty-eights they passed that down. Like, like C.D. Lamb got to wear it because they thought he was going to be a great receiver. You know, like. So Vaughn is going to wear 42 instead, you know, and that's just kind of the same thing to kind of honor, you know, the the fact that you've got somebody great there. So I, I would be more like an alternative for me is I, I like the idea of honoring them in some way. I would go so more so of like a ring of honor, like a guy's being in, inducted into um, some sort of like ring of honor that is like an exclusive club. That's not, you know, it's hard to get into. You have to meet certain, you know, achievements, requirements, et cetera to get into a ring of honor. But uh, I, that's, that to me would be a more recognizable way because I just think it would last 
more long term. Like it, it would be more of a legacy thing. Like people 50 years from now could come visit Notre Dame um, and, and see, you know, someone like Michael Mayer's name or maybe Jersey or, you know, banner hanging up in some sort of ring of honor. And then that would be more permanent. You'd have, you know, you could you could go back and, and, and know why he's there, essentially. Right. And that's, you know, again, it, it's it's much tougher in college. You can't start, obviously, and we didn't say retire the jersey number. I just said make it unavailable for one season. But you can't retire jersey numbers in college just because the fact that you do have so many guys. You know, it's just it's impossible to do something like that. Um, Hunter said make the number an earned number, kind of like how Michigan – does with number 97 you remember how um who's the quarterback do you remember that a few years back the oh, chicken dance quarterback oh uh, denard robinson denard it was yeah denard i was yeah. getting hung up on the name denard and i was like what is his last name <laughs> that's right yeah and he, he wore but there's some other good points 97 as quarterback yeah that's right you, you know you could make it part of an nil kind of thing you know tommy said ND lets everything else be sponsored. Let Mayer sponsor his jersey. That would be an interesting way to do it. <laughs> the Mayer Michael Mayer jersey. Yeah. Now you get the Michael Mayer jersey. So Chris Fink tweeted recently that I like trans- that idea, actually. Sorry, not to cut you off, but it's like you could almost do, you know, some sort of like legacy number. Like you are wearing the right. Michael Mayer number, essentially. Mm-hmm. So not 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 more so retiring the number, but creating kind of a, a legacy out of it. Like you are it's kind of like what you know like you were talking about what the cowboys do with 88 you are a you know prime time wide receiver we believe you to be the next kind of person to carry on the legacy at notre dame at that position and so therefore you get to wear the number 87 yeah that would be an interesting way to go as well yeah like like going forward the 87 jersey is always the michael mayer legacy jersey right uh, you know until until someone else surpasses him at some point, but you know, cause he's the greatest tight end right now, statistically in Notre Dame history. So yeah, that would be an interesting way to do it as well. So Chris Fink tweeted recently that transfer portal players should play their own spring game with coaches from recently fired coaching staffs, coaching <laughs> them in the game and then broadcast that game in prime time. You buy or sell the idea, Jess. I actually buy this idea because to me, it could be like a portal showcase, right? Like you could, exactly. get, you could, these guys are transferring for a reason. They probably haven't gotten too much significant playing time. Um, so what you do is you get them together. You find coaches that have no affiliations to the current college game. And, you know, you, you maybe get together for some practices for a month or so, or, you know, a couple of weeks, whatever it might be. And then you go out there and play. It's almost like, like I said, it's almost like in a camp or a showcase that you often see a lot of high school players go to. Um, but at this point, it's the college players who are trying to find um, a new home. And I think it would be awesome as fans to see some of these some of these names that you hear about that you maybe haven't even got the chance to, to see play. So I think a lot of people would tune in, and I think it, it would be – I, I, yeah, I just think it's a terrific idea overall. I think it's a big buy for me as well. Like, think of where we are in the calendar right now. The NFL draft just ended last week. So you could do it basically like they do the Senior Bowl. Spend a week right. in whatever location, and the coaches nice and are working with them just like that. And I mean, how many Colorado, how many former Colorado players would love to have the opportunity <laughs> to get out in front of other coaches? Well, especially, yeah, when, when you know, you, you see these kind of, uh, you know, the, the, one of the kids from Colorado was talking about how it was unfair that, you know, Dion wouldn't release game the film. film. 
and that 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 Practice solves film. the issue is yeah. that it is live and it is your most current version of yourself right like it, there's nothing else than seeing your you know playing live in the moment as you're in the transfer portal because there's no discrepancies of you know what your skill set is and how it would translate to you know wherever potentially you might end up and from a college football standpoint i think it would be good for college football to to be able to put on an event like this and wherever the coaches come from but you know i think i think the the fired coaching staff you know at, at least like you would want coaches who maybe are not affiliated with current programs because oh, yeah. that gives them a leg up in recruiting these kids, you know, by, by being there with them for a week. And obviously not everyone is going to to do it. You know, there, there are some guys who have already committed some, you know, like Tyler Buckner, obviously, for example, like they've, they've already committed, already signed someplace. And, and so not everyone has to do it, but guys who want to get them out there and, and do some kind of event like this, I think would be a great idea. In fact, I think next week we might do a show, not completely along these lines, but like some things, sort of like how college football can, can you know, like the NFL has like this year-round calendar, basically. How, no, how, how college football can kind of spread out its calendar and kind of grab some of the off-season in ways that they are not able to do right now that the NFL is able to. Cause like the NFL has the schedule release coming up next week. For example, the transfer portal bowl <laughs> says Anthony. I love it. I think it's a great idea. Good idea. Chris Bing. So Haley Van Lith has an NIL deal with Adidas, but of course she transferred from Louisville to LSU, which is a Nike school. And so now she's not going to be allowed to wear her Adidas shoes, even though she has an NIL deal with Adidas. So my question to you, should athletes like this be allowed to wear their shoe brand of their choice, you know, during games, given the current NIL landscape? I don't think so. I think once you sign an NIL deal, specifically when it comes to brands like Nike, Adidas, Puma, New Balance, you know, whatever it might be. I think you are obligated to wear their brand on the court. They're giving you, you know, some sort of, I guess, compensation is the best way to put it uh, for, you know, being affiliated with their brand. And so I don't think that, again, I in the, in the in-game situations are the most critical, you know, spots. We don't see uh, Haley, you know, doing stuff outside of maybe like her Instagram or Twitter and posting, you know, ads and stuff here and there. But like, you don't see we, we don't the, the main reason we see here is when she's playing basketball. And so I think it would be a disservice to whatever company if she's wearing a different, you know, brand on court. And I understand there's but, preference when it comes to comfortability um, and, and safety and, and, you know, that kind of stuff and, and overall just preference. But I guess my thing is, is if, if that's the case, then you maybe explore, you know, an NIL deal that more aligns with, you know, what you're looking to, to wear and, and do essentially. Yeah, because, I mean, you can argue, well, she's not getting, since she has an NIL deal with Adidas, it's not like she's getting a cut from Nike since the Adidas deal is already in place. But at the same time, these apparel deals with the school, even though not every player might be getting direct compensation, 
they are benefiting from the fact, you know, because those are obviously multi-million dollar deals that go into the athletic programs and, and right. everything else, you know, that that help support their their athletic program. So so I agree. Like she can do whatever she wants on her social media platforms or, you know, even go out and do commercials for Adidas or whatever it happens to be. But when she's on the floor for whatever school, she, he, whoever it happens to be, when they're on the floor for whatever school, you got to wear what the school wants you to wear, essentially. Well, it's such a small percentage of the time, right? Like think about the the time spent on court is, you know, 40 minutes Um is it 40 minutes or 30? I, 30 40. 40 minutes. 40. That's what I thought. I mean, that's 40 minutes, maybe two or three times a week at most for, you know, five, five months out of the season. The majority of your time off the court is when you're going to get most of your, I feel like, you know, branding and sponsoring done. So, yeah, I just feel like you, you, you kind of make a commitment to whoever's, you know, basically giving you the money. It's like, it'd be like me being like, uh, you know, as an engineer going to a rivaling engineering firm and kind of being like, hey, I'll do some side work for you guys, you know, on the <laughs> right. side. It's kind of how I look at it, too. Yeah. What about what about when like the travel outfits and stuff like, you know, because now like, you know, all the the school social media, you know, like at, oh, yeah, at practice I, I, or travel. Like, I think on travel, you should be able to. That's more of a that, comfort thing. Yeah. OK, that's more you're, you're not, you know. You know, on national live television, playing you know an actual sport, you're, you're you're on your own time, you're traveling, you're whatever you know, whatever's kind of comfortable for you. Or I know, I know me personally, I, I like to you know match shoes with different kind of outfits and stuff like that. So I'm yes, sure that do. that would be the aim for you know someone like her as well. Yes, you do. All right, crazy news today out of Alabama: the, <laughs> the Crimson Tide. Fired baseball coach Brad Bohannon today after suspicious wagering was detected on an Alabama LSU baseball game last weekend. The alleged activity took place last Friday at an Ohio sports book at, at Great American Ballpark, sports book at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, which prompted Ohio, the state of Ohio, to halt all bets on college baseball games that involved Alabama. The investigation is centered on two bets on the Tigers on LSU to win against Alabama at uh, fr from the same unidentified customer. This is, you know, unidentified to the public anyway. But at the same time, Bohannon, Alabama baseball coach, fired for, among other things, violating the standards, duties, and responsibilities expected of University of Alabama employees. So this is crazy. This is like the first time, you know, since all this sports wagering became legal, this is, this is the first time that I have heard of anything like this where, you know, like a major college head coach is being fired for even though they're not specifying placing bets on his own team to lose is what the whole thing sounds like. It's so coincidental because Cincinnati is home of Pete Rose, obviously. And yeah, that's, that's ultimately true. is a, what is, you know, preventing him from being in the, the baseball hall of fame right now. And it's just, yeah. my overall thoughts are, it's just like, dude, what are you doing? You are a division one baseball coach. You are probably living your dream. You're, you're probably, you know, compensated fairly well. What are you doing betting on your own team 
to lose. Like there's just no logical situation or world to me where that makes sense. It's just pure idiot, you know, stupidity. And, and another thing to me is like, how did you not think that you would get caught? Because the NFL has made it very, you know, I, I guess obvious that they can find out who it is. And so I, I, that translates to just any about any other, you know, professional or amateur, you know, college essentially. But um, how how did he get sporting? Venue? Someone had to have placed the bets for him, though, for them for the bets to have been made. You know, if they were physically thinking, in how Cincinnati, did he, how did he get to Cincinnati? Because there's no way. Like I was like, you know, LSU and Alabama. There, there's no route that goes through Cincinnati. So, who is right. he having? You know, placed those bets for him? And again, like, how are you just betting on your own team to blatantly lose? Like, it, it's just like you can easily, as a manager, make decisions to to impact the game where you can lose. Like, it, it's right. It's such a sticky situation. Again. I go back to the fact that the NFL has made it obvious that there's going to be a zero tolerance policy. And it's like, after seeing the the examples that were made out of, you know, those, those players that have gotten season long suspensions, half season suspensions, what did you think was going to happen to you yourself as the head coach of a college program? Exactly. And the difference is, you know, as Jason pointed out is that Pete never bet on his team to lose. You know, he was at least betting on his team to win, but you know, like, Alabama was losing this game fairly handily and they came back. I think they ended up losing eight to six, but LSU was heavily favored to win. What's like, did you even know that, that you could wager on college baseball on any of these sports apps? Have you ever I've seen, seen college it before, baseball? but I, I don't usually mess with it because college sports are, uh, there's, there's too just, much discrepancy as is. And then you start talking exactly. about college baseball. It's like you can barely bet on professional sports, let alone college baseball. Yeah, I just I couldn't believe it when I saw this. And so now you've got the the head coach of a power five college baseball program fired for uh, apparently allegedly petting on his own team to lose. <laughs> Again, it's like I don't think I've heard of anything like this before. It's just so it, hearing it. It's just like it's just like so stupid. Like it, hearing someone say that, it's like, really? They just sound something so childlike. I know. I know. Takes some uh, cojones, I think, to do it. <laughs> yeah. And he might have had the brass cojones, but it didn't pay <laughs> off for him in the long run. So, Speaking of betting on baseball, if you are going to bet against one Major League Baseball team in every game for the rest of the season with the idea of making the most money at the end of the season, which team would you pick to bet against Major League Baseball? So I remember reading something earlier a couple of months ago about basically there is a team that has been non-profitable like the last 15 years or something, 10 years, basically saying if you bet on them to, you know, money line every game, you know, win or loss, I can't remember which side it was, you would essentially be profitable every year. So I can't remember what that data was, but for the team following that same concept this year, it would have to be the Oakland A's. They are very bad, and they know that they're bad. Uh, their fans know that they're bad. You know, they're getting ready to move stadiums and everything. Um, I would definitely go uh, with the Oakland A's, and I would go with them to lose every game because I think they're going to clear 100 losses pretty easily this year. You think they will? They, they, like, they just, you know, I know they stink right now. The but A's, Mets, and Cardinals all stink right now. 
But they're like the A's are one of those teams that always seem to find some form in the middle of the summer, no matter how bad it starts off early on. You know, it's so the thing is, is they don't have anyone there that's like usually they have a guy or two that's still like star, you know, quality that can kind of help them turn it around. But it just doesn't feel like they have anyone that year. Yeah. DJ with the Oakland A's or the Kansas City Royals. And I'll tell you what. The Royals, White Sox, and A's, those are the three worst ERAs in baseball right now. And the A's are last at 7.45. The Royals aren't much better. And I tell you what, like I thought of this question and I was like, hey, you know, do I give this a try on my Royals today? You know, the Royals have also <laughs> scored the third fewest runs and they've got the second worst team OPS in baseball. And then I don't know if you saw what happened today. The Royals... We're losing by eight runs or seven runs. They come back. They have a brief lead in the eighth inning. And then they end up, I don't know what they ended up losing by, but they were down by, it was like 13 to nine in the ninth inning. I think, you know, right before the show was starting. So I, I'm shocked that they are as bad as they are because they've got all these young first round draft pick pitchers that were kind of supposed to be rounding in a form by Wait. now. But unfortunately, um, like Brady Singer and some of those kind of guys, the pitchers. But like, unfortunately, that might be where I would put it down right now is on can. And we're talking about to lose the rest of the year. I saw Tommy originally said the Rays. Um, they're doing fairly well still. You right could bet now. on them to win every game, though. I guess yeah. I think that would be the opposite side. Yeah, like I, think I would bet one... on the Rays to win. I would bet on the Royals or the A's. I, I just I, I feel like the A's are are bound to turn a corner at some point. I think another one that I would look at is um, the over at Coors Field just about every day, just with, especially in the heat of the summer with the yeah. wind blowing out a lot That's of times, it, you know, the ball is naturally going to carry. So I, I would look at kind of, you know, a lot of overs um, at Coors Field, but you, you brought up the, <laughs> you know, have you, did you see the Royals today? I am so deranged with and mad at <laughs> baseball right now. Because the Cubs have lost three of four against the Nationals and two of three against the Marlins, all while the Pirates and Brewers also got swept in their latest series. So they could have made up um, some some early ground. I know it's still early, but they could have made up some early ground here in the season. Um, but they themselves lost to some bad teams, really. And today was really frustrating, too, because they got they were down 3-0, got it tied 3-3. And then going into the ninth, they get guys on second and third with no outs. Um, and then get back-to-back -back strikeouts. All you need is a fly ball for a guy to tag up, get back-to-back -back strikeouts, and then a pop-out to end the inning, and then bottom of the ninth, first pitch, walk-off home run. Mm. So wow. that was uh, Brutal. very frustrating with uh, the Cubs <laughs> right now. Yes. Especially with my season-long bet that, you know, is I'm now, for the first time this season, off pace because they are under 500. Yeah, they're under 500 right now. But they were – it's baseball. They were bound to hit a rough patch at some point. Yeah, you know. And I uh, think uh, I think Hosmer is going to get let go of soon. I think they're going to. To me, it's just like how have they not called up Christian Morel yet? The guy's they, leading the minors with just about every stat. They're, they're calling, calling him up. They're calling him up. They announced, or Jeff Passan reported, they're calling him up today. He's he's going to be with them tomorrow. Him and Mervis. I saw Mervis was getting called up. Mervis. Mervis. Or, uh, Mervis, the first baseman. That's who I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, Mervis got called up. But still, it's like, how is he getting called up, but no Morel? Morel is crushing like 12 home runs, double digit, 
doubles, like an extraordinary batting average. And it's like, I don't, I just don't understand how they're not calling him up. But yeah, when Mervis coming up, I'm pretty sure Hosmer is going to get DFA'd pretty soon because the only reason they picked him up is the Padres are paying his salary and they just have to pay him the minimum. And so really he's yeah. just like an extra bonus, essentially. I told you when they got him that that was like nothing to be excited about. <laughs> All you lose is a, I mean, what you lose though is a golden glove defensively, but I would take more offensive production, I think, especially at a position like first base. Yep, exactly. Snoop Dogg is in on a bid to buy the Ottawa Senators. My question to you, if you could buy, or if you could own, I guess buy slash own a professional sports team, what sport are you choosing? Um, I would own an English premier soccer team is what, <laughs> what I would go with. Yeah. Why? Uh, I think that it is soccer is the most, uh, popular sport internationally within the whole world. Um, and I think it, it generates a lot of money. Plus I could travel a lot to, you know, different countries within Europe. So that's another thing that I factored into it is being able to like be immersed in a culture and a sport that I really haven't gotten the opportunity to. And I think that would be really fun and pay out really well um, at the end of the day. <laughs> yes, Derek, I, I think you might be right. He, he, he just might be <laughs> on, on the wacky stuff. And I couldn't, I couldn't do something like I, like obviously people would be like, Oh, Cowboys. And it's like, I can never be affiliated with a team that I have a passion for because I well, would if be you clouded them, you... by biasy. But if you own them, you would develop a bias for them because of, the, you know, and a passion for them because well, you own them. You've got a stake in their outcomes every day. Yeah, but I, it just, it'd be too much of a conflict of interest for me. I couldn't <laughs> I would be able go to with set baseball. it aside. I would go with baseball. You get to be there pretty much every day. You're, you know, you're, you're outside most of the time, good weather at the ballpark, hang out at the ballpark, outdoors you know, or in the suite, whatever, as much as you want, it would be baseball for me, for sure. Premier League, I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you never were expecting that, were you? No, I was not <laughs> expecting that at all. And like, like Derek said, you want to be like Ryan Reynolds, you know, go out there <laughs> with him and Rob McElhaney owning, owning Wrexham. Have you paid attention at all to that Wrexham stuff? Have you ever watched Wrexham? Or did you no, watch but I, I any of the Hulu good. series? Yeah, the, the Welcome to Wrexham, I saw some of the first season a couple months ago on the Hulu series. It was pretty good. And it's pretty cool what they've been able to do because that was like, they were in the lowest of low leagues. And they're like, I didn't realize how many leagues there are over there. Yeah, you, you can know, get they, relegated. Yeah, and they've been relegated for a long time. But, but uh, they've been promoted now the last couple of years so good for them all right well that's going to do it for our rapid fire portion of the show today thanks for joining us on today's show we will uh, be back tomorrow remember five o'clock on friday means rapid fire jesse and vince and i will be here smash the like button on your way out if you haven't already hit it and of course subscribe rate and leave us a review on your podcast platform thanks again and we will talk to you tomorrow ib nation sports talk